you go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to That's Life, the show where we are still full from dinner last night. Sorry, Avrami, at Gotham Burger. On the Upper West Side, my thanks to Avi Roth and his entire team there for what was an incredible night. And I am sorry to those people who were not able to make it. Avrami, I brought you a bagel. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer. I know that was nasty of me. Sorry. Uh, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 10 a.m. right after Charlie. And right before Nachum's live lunches, I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. We are coming to you from the beautiful, and I do mean that wholeheartedly for the next couple hours at least, Lower East Side. What's doing, Avram? Thank God, all is well. I snossed and I lost. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that you made yourself a lovely dinner last night, but frankly, it's not the same. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'll make it one of these days. Yeah. Well, um, what are you right? Are you you're one for four? I don't know. You might be one for four. I made one. Those are not great stats, by yeah, the way, in terms of atten- in, ten- in terms of attending network, you know, get-togethers. That's a bad stat. Were you at Jay Soho? May it rest in peace. No, I was not. All right, so you really are one for four. But I am in the studio every week. And you are <laughs> the man for that. And we appreciate your schlep in from Baltimore, and of course to Toby. She is uh, the strong woman at home who keeps the fire going while you come up here to New York. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Rabbi Jason Wiener did. You can friend me on Facebook, send me an invite on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, miriam at nachumsegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. As you know, I am just being honest. I will get back to you afterwards. Please also follow us on Twitter, nachumsegelnet, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. By the way, shout out to Judy, Har- Judy uh, Hertzfeld. Judy is... Uh, just mentioned on Facebook as she liked the picture that I posted last night of the desserts. And by the way, Judy, if that picture, <laughs> if you like that picture, you should have tasted it. It was ridiculous. The peanut butter, sorry, Avram, I know, I really, I got to drop it. But the peanut butter mousse was so off the hook. And then, of course, there's always room for deep-fried Oreos. And when they came out, when they came out, all the uh, the men were Davni Marv. And so the uh, the women had the opportunity to take first dibs and by the time they got out of Dominic Marev, there were <laughs> let's just say the pickings were slim so they had to make more and uh, mayor Ferdy came out from the back and said what there were fr- there were deep fried oreos i'm like sorry <laughs> what about like deep fried poshka sandwich cookies <laughs> wow you know it doesn't sound nearly as much fun but shout out to poshkas if you want to give us some uh some cookies. I'm sure we can get that going somehow or another. By the way, I do want to give uh, give all our listeners a reminder. We'll be broadcasting from the Celebrate Israel Parade this Sunday from 11 to 2. We are the official audio broadcast of the parade. And as always, we have a great time. It's a huge event. It is fun-filled. Fun-filled three hours. Me, Zamek, and the whole shebang. And actually, we have uh, a couple of new people who are joining us this year. So we definitely want to make sure that you tune in. Um, by the way, Mark Zomik has a new rule. He will only throw you a shirt if you throw one to us, too. So um, don't mess with Zomik. By the way, I'm going to make that in a bumper sticker. Don't mess with Zomik. So throw us a shirt. We will throw you one back, and we hope everyone will be tuned in. We thank all of our sponsors for the Celebrate Israel Parade, who are making sure that we stay on the air for those three hours and bring you the best coverage possible, and that includes our friends at Gotham Burger, our friends at J Drugs, and of course our friends at PJ Sterling in Cedarhurst. And I highly recommend that if you have not downloaded the app yet, I'm not sure what you're waiting for, but hey, no time like the present, please make sure and download the app. You will have both audio and visual um, opportunities with what we um, with our broadcast from the parade, 
and different things going on for the different sponsors. We will be able to show you insight in or opportunities that they have. Um, especially with P.J. Sterling, they do highlight a number of Israeli artists, and we'll be able to show you pictures of some of the things they have in that store. By the way, also a shout-out to everyone who has been posting and commenting on the app. Thank you for your feedback. Um, and a shout-out to everyone in L.A. It occurred to me, Rummy, that when people wake up in L.A. around 7 o'clock and they turn on the stream, the first thing they hear is me. Is that not scary for those people in L.A. or what? I'd move out of L.A. just for that. You know, my kids are listening and going, Wow, we know what it's like to wake up to mommy. That is not pretty. We will do our favorite segments of the fortune cookie and the national holidays in a little bit because we do have a packed show. And uh, our first guest, am I right, is already on the line. Excellent. Shlomo Zwickler is the executive director of Beit O'Rote and his Yomi Rishalayim picks. If you are not friends with Shlomo on Facebook, you should do that now. Right after downloading our app, you should become friends with Shlomo Zwickler because if you want to see phenomenal shots of Beit O'Rote and Yom Yerushalayim celebration, that is where you could go. Hello, Shlomo. Shalom from Yerushalayim. How are you, Miriam? I, thank God, Baruch Hashem, am fine. And uh, can I still wish a Chag Sameach? I know it is Yom Chevron and you're in Yerushalayim, but can I still wish a Chag Sameach? Every day is uh, a Chag Sameach when you're sitting in Yerushalayim. Every day. Oh, that is, wow. I mean, that is a great line, and it's true. It's 100% true. By the way, I want to give you props, because as I was going through your pictures on Facebook, and we have to talk about them, I learned a new word, a tatspit. Sure. Tatspit is the word for a, it actually is really not a good corresponding word in English for it, believe it or not. Maybe that's why you didn't know about the word before. Tatspit is an outlook, a viewpoint, a place to see... In, in Hebrew, it works great because the tzitzit is 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 like tzitziyat, like you know, to, to look out. And it's kind of similar to like a tzipor. A tzipor is a bird, and a tzipor, of course, flies up high. A bird flies up high and can see from far away. It's also sofet, the same concept, to look out, the scope, like Mount Scopus. So tzitzit is a place to look and see things. So That's in, the idea. And in this case, you were referring to the crane. Oh, yes. That, that crane was the, the highlight of yesterday's event. And I have to tell you, it was, you know, I, I've of course done it before. I've done it several times, as you can imagine. Right. And it is, it, it is, it is a, it is a spiritual experience. So, oh, to, I... to be that high up above Yerushalayim, the Al-Piskat Haratzel fame, as the song goes, and to literally say, Shalom Lach Yerushalayim, from that height, to see the whole city, to see from Beyond the Jordan River on on the east, and all the way out towards the Mishra Chof to the coastal plain on the west, to see everything with Yerushalayim at the center, in the middle of it all, from that height, to take it all in is is, is literally a, a spiritual experience. I am really committed to being on that crane one day, but I want. Um, I, I really want our listeners to understand, because you and I know what we're talking about, but let's give everyone as best of a description as possible as what we're talking about in terms of a crane and what you do with it from Beit O'Rot on Yom Yerushalayim. Okay, so you're all familiar with uh, construction cranes, you know, these big, enormous uh, cranes that lift uh, usually construction materials or a beam for a highway or for an overpass, things of that nature, high up in the air from spot one over to where they're supposed to sit in spot two. Uh, one of these uh, big hydraulic lifts of sorts, kind of like an elevator, same concept, but it's something to lift objects on the outdoors. So we go ahead and hire up one of these construction cranes, one that's capable of lifting really enormous weights, 
And we don't have to lift such, such enormous weights because the average person, you know, all together, we're talking about 10 people together, they get up on this glass platform, which is protected with, uh, you know, all around so people shouldn't fall off so they should be able to hold on to and not be scared. And we lift this platform with the crane 60 meters, I think about 20 stories high, up into the air, um, over Haratzofin for a view that, you know, the wind sometimes can might turn it around a little bit, which is what it's supposed to do, and you get to see the whole view of Yerushalayim, the middle of it, from end to end, from north to south, from east to west, absolutely breathtaking, and we're working very hard now on making this crane view, this manuf tzitzit, as we call it in Hebrew, into a permanent offering that we're going to be having um, up at the site of Beit Orot, what we call Mitzpeh HaMasuot which is uh, the site of our new visitor center in the Mount of Olives Ridge. You are going to be able to incorporate that into the visitor center? Well, uh, it's a longer-term project, <laughs> and it's something that, we're, something that we're working on. There's an, let's put it this way. There's not going to get into too many details, because I'm sure your, your listeners are probably similar to the to Nachum's listeners who hear me very often. Right. Um, people often hear me say, the less we talk about it, the more likely it is to happen. <laughs> so, um, so, so without getting into too many details, there's an elegant way to do it, and there's a less elegant way to do it. And there's a less elegant way to do it. And, um, and um, the uh, two options are, the two options are for us to either have a permanent hydraulic lift in place or to do it in a similar way to how we're doing it now, which is to have this construction crane lifting up the platform. But like I said, I raised the two spoke too many details. When it happens, <laughs> believe me, everyone will know about it. There's Rathashem. Well, I will pay a lot of money to see you operate a crane. i got to be honest. <laughs> I didn't say I was operating the crane. But you know, that's a great, really great gimmick. Yes. Get people to, to get Shlomo's look to operate your crane personally, you know, it costs so-and-so. Let me Might t- be a pretty good way to... <laughs> Stranger things have been done to raise money. You and I both know that. You know, something else that I noticed a lot on your pictures, and again, I, I really refer people, our listeners, to go to Shlomo Zwickler's Facebook page. He is the executive director of Beit Orot. Um, and take a look at what I'm looking at now. There's a great shot of you and Naftali Bennett. Um, uh, and um, the expression on his face is is that of, of wonder and awe and also of friendship. And I, and I wonder... You know, you have the opportunity to meet a lot of statesmen and a lot of important people, but still they come to Beit Orot and are awed at what has been established there and what continues to grow. How does that feel? Uh, it's an amazing feeling, and I have to tell you, in, in the context of, you know, this uh, little kid from Brooklyn who's made it to Israel to a, a place where I can have a little bit of influence in the future of Yerushalayim and the Jewish people, it, it makes me uh, in awe of the whole situation where I'm, the guy who's lucky enough to get to be doing these kinds of things. Um, but the, the moment that we had on Tuesday night where we were dedicating and officially opening the new neighborhood that we've been working so hard on, on building for the past several years and which finally now has life added to it, um, the moment was, it was a moment that was very monumental for all the people, all the official people, all the, uh, um, you know, the, the hush of people, we can say, who uh, came to join us there. I think what especially was uh, significant for Naftali was that we brought there for the official ribbon cutting, etc., um, both Ruti Meir, who is the widow of Shmulek Meir, the former deputy mayor of Jerusalem who died many years ago, who was very instrumental in establishing the Jewish presence altogether at Beit going back 20 years, over 20 years ago. And we also brought, she was there, and we also brought along Daphne Ashkenazi, the granddaughter of Giora Ashkenazi, commander Giora Ashkenazi, who was the Mempe, the company commander 
of the very paratroop corps that after he passed, after he was killed by sniper fire at the site, which later became Beit Dorot, the famous Battle of Augusta Victoria, which I'm sure that Mayor Weingarten referred to on Damon and <laughs> yesterday, because um, he always refers to it. No, it's one of the most significant battles of the Six Day War. After he, after he fell, Gior Ashkenazi, that was the same paratroop um, uh, company, the same uh, corps, then actually continued on to unfurl the Israeli flag on top of the uh, Harabites, Yom Zamush Khanam Polat, and Sikha Chorim, all the famous uh, names that people who are familiar with the Six Day War and its battles. And the recent books that I've written, I'm sure, are familiar with those names as well. So Giora's granddaughter, Daphne Ashkenazi, was there also wow. for the uh, ribbon cutting and for the official opening of the neighborhood, which is literally a dream come true. The idea was back then to have a Jewish presence as both a, uh, a memorial to Giora, who fought and gave his life for Yerushalayim at that very spot in that very place, and also to significantly increase the Jewish presence and demographics in favor of the Jewish people at a critical crossroads between Eastern and Western Yerushalayim. So it was a very, very monumental occasion. Naftali Bennett, I think, was struck. And he himself has a very illustrious career in the army, in the military. He himself was a part of uh, some of the more elite units of the Israel Defense Forces, and he has a lot, gets a lot of his koach, a lot of his energy to do what he does, as many people do, from the stories of valor, from the stories of sacrifice, on the part of the boys, the soldiers who make up the first Jewish army in 2000 years. That's a lot of miracles to bear in our generation, and for him to meet the granddaughter of Diora at Incredible. the same place that a neighborhood is being dedicated in his memory, and all of the, all of the, the building blocks, all of the, the roots upon which the whole Beta Road narrative is, mm. is written, is, is in a very, very <laughs> emotional time for someone who's so connected to the story, the modern story of the heroism that brought about Yerushalayim under our control for the first time in 2,000 years. And in wow. fact, Naftali was so moved. I have to tell you, he's really, you know, in, in person, he's a very, how do you say in uh, Yiddishized Hebrew, very emistic a person. He really is. As much as every politician is a politician, but Naftali is a very emistic a person. Wow. And he was very moved by it. Later on, you know, there's a big event, another big event that happens in the era of Yom Yerushalayim, which of course is the Yeshivat Merkazarav, whole from the days of Tziu, the cook, who was the mainstay and whose Talmudim were the ones who actually launched the whole, what they call the settlement enterprise, etc., there's always a big celebration there late night, like some like, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock midnight kind of time. And Nafeli and all the other government ministers, including the prime minister himself, always shows up and gives a big speech. And um, in Nafeli's speech, in a very impromptu remarks, because <laughs> he couldn't have written it ahead of time, it was right after the ceremony at Beta Rote, he told the whole story of Yor Ashkenazi and wow. meeting Dr. Ashkenazi, the granddaughter, at the dedication of Beta Rote. And he, Tied it into Rav Hanam Porat, who was of course the founder of Beit Road, who fought together with Gior. It was, it was, it had, a, it had an impact on him, and you can imagine, right. it had an impact on him. Right. It really impacted everybody who was there. Yeah, I'm sure that's a huge kalva homer, as we like to say. It's um, indeed. It, it's it's really quite a. It's really quite a, a unique opportunity that you have in terms of building this community, and and we, you and I only have a couple of minutes left, and and the fact that these sure. 24 families are now have homes in Beto Road, and this community has been built. I, I want you to know that the the uh, social media coverage by other people who were there was was so moving that your your uh, your Kava Homer here really, really rings true because I, I, I happen to be able to see the the pictures, et cetera, 
of other people who were there for the dedication and for the opening. And they were just as touched. It is a communal movement and people really understand and appreciate the greatness, um, and the, the overall impact of Beit Orot and its goals on the future of Jerusalem. What can I say? I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll respond and I'll also end our uh, little time together by saying, by quoting, by paraphrasing something that Uri Elitzor, a name that I uh, hope that all of the listening audience is aware of or should become familiar with, one of the great Jewish heroes of uh, our generation who just passed away last week, said, um, literally two weeks before he passed on, he said in Yomat's notes just uh, three, four weeks ago, and he said, you know, people look around and we see the ingathering of the exiles, we see the building of Yerushalayim, we see... Eretz Yisrael being built up right before our eyes, and we all look at it on a day-to-day basis as if it's like the most normal thing in the world, the most natural occurrence, when in reality, we are living through the period of time when we are literally writing another chapter in the Tanakh. Unreal. to live in this generation. Miracles are not just about parting the sea. Absolutely, absolutely. Shlomo Zwickler, I, I thank you as always for joining us and being a supporter and a member of this network, Executive Director of Beit Orot. Um, I, I welcome the opportunity to talk to you again, and more than that, I welcome the opportunity to actually share Yom Yerushalayim at Beit Orot with you. Uh, Bismana Abba. We are looking forward to hosting you next year, Bezrat Hashem. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. You're, lis- call to- You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. My next call is also coming to us from Israel, and uh, I'm going to pull up a song in the background, because not just because I'm looking for an excuse to play Justin Timberland on the, the Nachum Siegel Network, but, but it does give me this opportunity. Ellie Klein is a friend of mine and an executive at Finn Partners. He lives in Israel. He was actually in attendance last night at the Justin Timberlake concert in Tel Aviv, and it was getting a tremendous amount of buzz, a tremendous amount of press, so to speak, both social media and otherwise. And I'm so excited that Ellie is awake and active and excited and able to talk to us about the show last night. Hello, Ellie. How are you, Mello? <laughs> yeah, people don't know that you call me Mellow, but it's uh, it's gonna. I have a feeling that that's gonna stick. That's for sure. It should. It, it should, should because it's just funny. Um, so Ellie Klein, you had the opportunity to see Justin Timberlake in Tel Aviv last night, and there are so many things to talk about. But I want to just mention that the first comment you made to me when you were able to check your email was that it was epic. The concert was, was epic. Tech. So was it epic on just a superficial level, on or also on a much more you know philosophical level? It was epic, really, on every level. Obviously, uh, Justin Timberlake is known as a showman. Right. And he most definitely delivered in every respect. Um, he's really just the full package in terms of an entertainer who can do everything. He obviously is known for his unique singing voice and his singing style, but he's really a talented musician. He, on the stage, was playing uh, both a piano um, as well as a guitar. Mm. He was dancing around, he was getting the uh, the crowd pumped the entire time. Um, so as a performer, he's got everything there. He was funny, he was um, he was just innovating on the spot, he was he was bringing people in to, uh, to do different things with him. Um, but it was also, it was just amazing because obviously we all know um, from the Jewish media sources as well as the mainstream media sources that there's all, there are always um, eyes on Israel when it becomes concert season, which begins right now, Right. Um, in terms of which performers decide to go to Israel and which ones don't. Hmm. 
There's also a gray area there of those who say they will and bow out at the last second. Mm. They, those are actually the, the biggest cowards because they don't want to insult the Jewish population. They don't want to insult the Israelis. But at the end of the day, they want to make up an excuse at the, at the last second rather than having to go through uh, all of the, the issues that would come with right. uh, facing the BDS movement. But um, from the very beginning of when it uh, came time to start promoting summer concerts, uh, Justin Timberlake and his promoter jumped right out and said it was something he's wanted to do for a long time. He was going to turn it into a family trip, a family vacation. In fact, he did. Wow. Here, he's here with his wife, Jessica Beale, and his parents and his full entourage, the Tennessee kids, and uh, he made it a full trip. Um, he, he made a statement. Obviously, on Yom Yerushalayim, people were, were focusing on, on many more important things than Justin Timberlake, but he kind of made a statement. I, I know that he thinks he made a small statement, um, but he made a huge statement with everyone waking up here in Jerusalem on Yom Yerushalayim to find that there was this picture right. of the back of Justin Timberlake standing at the Kotel on Yom Yerushalayim. Now, there's a lot of iconic images that float around the Internet on sure. Yom Yerushalayim. Sure. It happens to be that that was an incredibly meaningful one. Hmm. Um, the fact that someone at, at his level, many of these articles are calling him the current king of pop, right? He is one of the largest um, musical celebrities of our time. And he was making a statement saying that Jerusalem is an amazing city. He's having an amazing time, a very spiritual, moving time uh, here in Israel. And... Um, he's connecting to Jerusalem in a day that we're connecting to Jerusalem. That is a huge statement for someone of his status to be able to say, especially on Yom Yerushalayim. Right. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny that last night, um, Mayor Fertig, when we were at our network event, um, and you were missed, by the way, but, yeah, sure, the um, mayor had was checking his Facebook page, and he noticed that somebody had put a collage of pictures of the Kotel um, this week, the last couple of days, and, uh, next to each other. And one was of the Pope at the Kotel, one was of JT, Justin Timberlake at the Kotel, and the other was, uh, was of Rav Shachter. And somebody joked whether or not the Kotel was having an identity crisis. But hmm. I, but it, it's, while it's cute and it's funny, to me it just speaks to, um, what you and I and, and our listeners already know, which is the, just the, the awesomeness. And I don't mean that in a dude awesome kind of a moment, but in the awesomeness of the Kotel and of Yushalayim and of its greatness and of its beauty, that it does serve as that that moment, that ah moment, that, that spiritual moment that people are looking for in their lives. And it does not matter um, what faith you come from. It has that impact on a global level. Right. It's obviously the Kotel um, and that whole area of Jerusalem serves as it's a political, the political zone. The second you step in there, and you are going to take a picture, and you're a celebrity, everyone wants to know where you're going to be taking the picture, who you're going to be taking it with, how you're going to be framing things. They try to twist things. A lot of things were twisted when the, when the Pope was here and he was taking pictures of different people, being taken, a picture taken of him at the security fence was twisted for the Palestinian agenda. Right. There's a lot, of, a lot of problems when you're taking pictures in Jerusalem and East Jerusalem. But um, he took a very, very pure, very simple photo, and made a very, very strong statement. The, the other element that I'll just add, um, in terms of the epicness, was the fact that it was really, really clear that he was going out of his way during the performance to say the words Tel Aviv and Israel over and over and over again. He wanted to 
identify with the crowd, make them understand, I get where I am. This is not just another show. Hmm. I'm not just in Detroit or Philadelphia or some other place where I can go a million different times and it doesn't make a political statement. I get that I'm in Tel Aviv. I get that I'm in Israel, and it means something to me. Wow, that's pretty incredible. How did the crowd react? Did, did he connect with them? Did they? I mean, it, it can be a tough crowd in Tel Aviv. Did, did the, our, um, the Israeli crowd, did they, did they in, embrace him the way crowds Absolutely. do? Absolutely. They, they embraced him wholeheartedly, and from the second he started until the second he ended, it was rapt attention, um, it was it was a long concert, right? There are no seats. Everyone was standing the entire time. Wow. Um, my my back and legs were absolutely turned <laughs> by the end, but I I didn't really feel it until I had to start walking back to the train. Right. That's but, what happens. But, <laughs> but every but everyone was was just really really enjoying themselves. And Amazing. again, there were all these added elements. It wasn't just a fantastic musical performance, which it was, but there was that added element of knowing this is a guy who could have chosen not to come. Right. But he did. Right. And um, and they felt it, and, and he did try to. Um, there was essentially three different introductions. <laughs> after the after each one of the first three songs, he kind of reintroduced himself and his band, the Tennessee Kids, and explained that this was his first time in Israel, and and he really was connecting. Wow. Um, something an, an additional added element that is now being discussed widely uh, amongst everyone here, and we'll probably reach you there if it hasn't already, um, is the fact that during his second introduction, right the, after the second song... The marriage proposal? The marriage proposal. He right, was I, was about to ask you, I was about to ask you about that because you posted something on Facebook this morning um, about the marriage proposal, which was a hoax. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you the full details. Okay. So, so he was riling up the crowd. He was telling everyone, you know, in pointing out different sections and telling them to... Uh, to scream, whatever it was, to, to get them into it. Right. Um, and then he looked down right in front of him and he said, I know that I don't have to get you guys into it because obviously they're right there. Right. Um, and then he noticed that right dead center, right in front of him, there was a big orange sign. He said, What's, what does that sign say? And he started to read it out loud to the crowd. And it said that my, my boyfriend standing right next to me promised that if we have, make a selfie with you, um, right, this is really English. If we make a selfie with you, um, <laughs> he, he will he will propose to me right here. Oh my gosh! So so he jumped off the stage and came right over. <gasps> and then all of the security, who you really didn't see, came out of nowhere. Oh man! Surrounded him and um, and helped him take the selfie in uh, in um, quick fashion. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, uh huh. And then thereafter helped him. Get back on the stage. They pushed the proposal along. Oh, uh, yeah. He he was like pushing the proposal along, and then um, and then he hopped back on the stage and continued his thing. Um, it was it was a very very moving moment. It was a very touching moment. The article that came out this morning about the article that came out this morning about the the details of it um, were that these guys they said that they stole a selfie. Right, that they actually had gotten married two months ago. They oh. had, in fact, been been together for eight years, but uh, they got married two months ago. But supposedly they are a very poor couple, and the guy was not able to propose correctly or even get married correctly, right up to the standards, the means that he would have liked to for his girlfriend and now wife. So he wanted to do something special for her, and once he realized that he could quite possibly swing these front row seats, 
um, he finally saw an opportunity to do things correctly. Nice. So, so there are a lot of people who are angry that, you know, that very, very um, tender moment was perhaps not as pure as we once thought it was. But at the end of the day, it was still an amazing element. Amazing. To, to a concert that was, again, epic. Shadchan Eskelt for JT, exactly, by the way. <laughs> exactly. and, and, and I don't think it really it, it takes that much away from it. No. The fact of the matter is that we, that we now have uh, JT to thank for some uh, Jewish children later on. Amen. You know, it's 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 funny because I was um I saw that I saw that the uh, the post and that somebody mentioned it was a hoax. I'm like, please don't 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 many mess this up. But right. you know, but um, but I'm happy to hear that that is that you are reporting what seems to be the essence of the story. And of course, it, no concert would be complete with at least a T-shirt. So tell me, Ellie Klein, do you have some kind of like Justin Timberlake in Hebrew memorabilia that you came away from the concert with? So it's really funny that you mentioned that. I got the official tour T-shirt. Nice. And uh, it's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's, I was joking with um, some other people that I went to the concert with that, you know, I looked to see if I was buying a, a real T-shirt or something that would fall apart five seconds after I put it on. Something we buy in, in the fact, parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but in fact, it, it was, you know, fruit of the loom and, and would last a while. Amazing. I was joking that probably if you were to buy a... Uh, a Justin Timberlake T-shirt at Madison Square Garden, it would probably be, you know, Gildon brand from Israel. That's so true. We, <laughs> we probably just switched merchandise on each other. Anyway, but they, there, there were a lot of, let's call them entrepreneurs, Israeli mm. entrepreneurs at the concert who were, who were selling their own versions of the, uh, the T-shirt um, that were, let's say, more fitting for the Israeli style. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means, but to me, that means so that the official the official tour T-shirt was a T-shirt, and the Israeli version, the let's say the RC version, was more of a tank top that looked <laughs> like it would fall apart five seconds after you started wearing. It. Okay, so basically, it's a wear once and then use as a rag kind of a shirt. Exactly. All right. Well, I, I I imagine that the one you bought for me was an official shirt, and that it is coming to New York anytime soon. I'm looking forward to receiving it. By the way, <laughs> yep. Go back out to the parking lot right now and find somebody who's got an extra shirt. Ellie Klein, thank you so much for joining me, and I am so I happy it. you had a good time. And uh, even though I did not get to wish you a Yom Yerushalayim yes, uh, yesterday, I do wish it now. And um, Ezrat Hashem, I will see you soon. And whether or not there's another JT concert in Tel Aviv in either one of our futures remains to be seen. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks so much, Ellie. Take care. A pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. My third guest, I don't even know where he's calling from. Michael Miller is the Executive Vice President and CEO of the JCRC of New York. I have a feeling he's at the consulate. I'm not even sure. But on days like today, before the Celebrate Israel Parade this Sunday... Michael is just on the move. Hello, Michael. Hi. Hi, Miriam. How are you? I am well. I thank you for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule, and I know that you were on with Nahum this morning. You already started talking about the run. <laughs> you already started talking about the run through Central Park. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you and I are runners. Are you running? <laughs> are you running again this year? I can't do it this year oh. because of my crazy schedule, but. Um, I'll be there in spirit. I'll be there to wish uh, all the runners well when they they run and they start, and I'll be there at the end as well. And then running off uh, someplace else. So, uh, <laughs> by God willing, Bezrat Hashem, next year I'll I'll have an opportunity to run again. It's really very exciting as a person who comes to the parade early to set up as we are 
broadcasting this year like we have for the last couple of years, our audio broadcast from the Celebrate Israel Parade. It's exciting to see all the runners post their run, um, you know, coming off the race course and going to wherever they're going and getting a drink and what have you with the um, with their bib, their runner's bib that has the the Celebrate Israel Parade uh, logo on it. There's something about just that excitement and just that visual that already gets me pumped even before I get to the parade route. Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, the first year that we did this, uh, to me, it was a haftah. It was a truly uh, something very, very special. Um, the bib uh, has the words Israel in very, very large and, and bold letters. And uh, your listeners might not uh, realize that, that there are somewhere around 6,000 runners uh, in this race, 6,000 runners, most of whom are not Jewish, of all different backgrounds, all different religions, all different races, and they're all walking around, all 6,000 of them, with this bib that says, Amazing. Uh, Israel, <laughs> celebrate Israel, but Israel. Um, we think that's, that's beautiful, right. and it re- really is uh, uh, a great way of, of carrying forward Israel's message, uh, beyond being a, a, a Kiddush Hashem in a certain way. Absolutely. Um, it, it's it's uh, just something very special, and we're so proud and pleased that uh, we're producing it. And the New York Roadrunners Club is a partner with you in that, that they control, and I think that's probably the worst, the bad, a bad way to put it, but they are in charge, so to speak, of the races that go through Central Park. So this is one of their races. That's correct. And in, in fact, if anybody thinks that we make money on this deal, we make absolutely nothing on this deal. <laughs> just the opposite. Uh, we actually pay the New York Roadrunners a very, very large sum of money uh, for them to uh, produce this run. Um, and there are mile markers, as you remember, uh, along the four miles. Right. We begin in Eilat. We run through uh, Yerushalayim is, is the first mile marker. The second mile marker is Haifa. The third mile marker is Caesarea. And the and home base, uh, the fourth mile marker is Tel Aviv. Um, so, and we, we talk about that. So everybody knows that they're running through Israel in order <laughs> to participate <laughs> in this run. That's great. great. The visual, I'm, it, it, totally makes a difference as a person who runs you know that you are looking for things along the way there are certain motivations etc so putting a runner in the zone so to speak <laughs> that they are running through israel makes a huge difference oh yeah um it, it, it certainly certainly does do, do they get a some kind of an interesting kind of medal or something upon completion does it have a picture of the state of israel or something on it only the uh, the winners, the real winners ah. uh, in each category, the older ones or the younger ones, um, they get a, a medal. But everybody else, their medal is their bib. I still have the bibs uh, from when I've run, and I, I cherish them. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I keep them as a badge of honor. Um, and it's it's just funny because there's there's just so much to the parade. There are so many different elements to the parade that – while people don't know about the race beforehand or do know about it, to me, the celebration really starts at the beginning of the race, even though everyone doesn't participate in or know about it. But one of the most exciting parts of this year's parade, which is a celebration of the 50th anniversary of this parade, is that Space IL is going to have mm. a major presence down the parade route. Yeah. In fact, the capsule was in our office for a short period of time yesterday. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> I was kind of blown away that right. we have a... Um, an Israeli-developed space capsule, uh, spacecraft, which could end up on the moon. Um, Hopefully they're going to win in this Google Lunar X Prize competition. I encourage folks to go and Google that. Uh, They can learn all about it, which is what I did. Um, And there are teams from all around the world that are are competing uh, to win this prize uh, to attempt to land the first 
uh, of their whatever it is that they build uh, on the moon. Of course, this would be the first Israeli spacecraft right. on the moon, which would be so, so exciting. Um, and we all know uh, about Israel's uh, technological uh, accomplishments, and um, I'm sure that they're going to be um, close to being winners, if not winners, uh, of, of the entire competition. It would be so exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it must have been amazing, by the way, to have it in your office and look at that <laughs> and say, that's going to outer space. Yeah. Well, a lot of the things in my office, I like to go to outer space. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but seriously, um, uh, this is something which is so unique. It doesn't happen every day, particularly those those of us living in New York. Uh, you don't really get to see space capsules. Um, and for the fact that it's Israel, which does have a number of satellites uh, up up in the, uh, the the stratosphere or someplace, um, uh, for this one uh, to be participating in our be displayed in our Israel parade, a celebrate Israel parade, is something very special. Right. No. Absolutely. Um, and. It- off the um, the tragedy of Elon Ramon for yes. for Israel to pick itself up, which is what Israelis do. They they literally live to fight another day. It is part of the testament of Israel and is part of the testament of the Jewish people in general. But to to get back on the horse, so to speak, and say not only are we not going to try again, but we are going to enter into this competition, which is so fierce and so much is riding on it, that we want to make sure that Israel is. I mean, literally and figuratively, on that map as well. Right, they're up against some of of the most advanced teams in the in the world. Uh, but Israel also has an advanced team. Um, whether it was uh, Ilan Ramon, Alava uh, Shalom, um, or whether it's their own space capsules that are up there now, their their satellites, um, Israel is at the forefront. And why should it not be at the forefront of of this um, Google Lunar X Prize right. competition? So. Uh, but the fact that they're here in New York, uh, they want to display it in front of the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who would be going up, up, up lining the avenues um, really means a lot to us here. No, absolutely. See, I have to be honest, in a personal moment, the, the Celebrate Israel Parade, which of course has gotten, has had different names to it and people have abused that name <laughs> over the years, um, is a very special day for me. Not only do I remember um, I have very fond memories of marching as a kid, but when I finally started to be able to march with my own kids, even in strollers and toddlers, etc., it really was that um, that continuation, that movement, and that that imparting to your children the values that you hope and that you, that you look to Im- embed in them as they become adults and, and as they grow on in their lives. And and I know that this is the celebration of the 50th anniversary, so I wonder what. The, the first marchers, that first year, what they, they were thinking at the time when that march started and, and what made them get together and say, you know what, we deserve and Israel deserves the opportunity for everyone to look at us as we walk up Fifth Avenue and stop and pay attention to the greatness of Israel. Well, there, there is, I agree with you, there, there is one person in New York who is uh, the, one of the founders of this parade. His name is Ted Comet. Um, and Ted, who is a Yeshiva college graduate, um, worked in various Jewish organizations, and he just turned 90 years old. Wow, um, that's Yeah, and the first parade was only five blocks long. Now, it doesn't make any difference. The idea is exactly what you said. You want to make a statement. Uh, we have a large Jewish community here in New York, the largest Jewish community anywhere in the world, um, and there are other parades. Uh, why shouldn't we have our parade? 
and here it is 50 years later, and I said to, to Nachum this morning that how many events are there that, that, that last year after year after year, but you start counting them five decades long, and, it, and it's still here and uh, bigger and better than ever. Well, it is a metaphor, isn't it, for the Jewish state? It is a metaphor for Israel. It is a me- metaphor for uh, the Jewish people that people don't expect us to keep coming back and getting stronger. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And um, But that's who we are, and we don't give up. Uh, we always believe not only in the past and in the present, uh, but we also very much believe in, in the future. And as you point out, particularly it's not only the kids, but particularly the kids who, who are marching this parade from the various uh, yeshivot and day mm-hmm. schools, um, and just that experience of, of marching up Fifth Avenue and holding your Israeli flag, doing your dance, uh, singing your song, whatever it might be, um, wearing the T-shirt, right. that remains with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Are we looking forward to seeing um, many more marchers this year? I heard that there are marching bands coming in from other places. Yeah, well, we have 15 marching bands. Uh, we have 200 uh, over 200 groups uh, in, in the parade um, with um, more than 35,000 marchers. I'm, I'm here in the consulate. Yes, where I was. I'm here in the consulate because there is a delegation of Israeli members of, of, of a Knesset, of um, a Knesset members who Beautiful. have just arrived this morning, and we're, we're orienting them now. Uh, cut out of the orientation to come and do this interview, but um, sorry uh, about that. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but you know uh, there there are Chabre uh, Knesset from uh, from Likud, uh, from Shas, from Abayat Ayudi, from Labor, from Yeshatid, uh, from Hatnuah. Uh, they're they're terrific people. Um, and uh, the Consul General Ido Aroni was uh, mm. briefing them and told them that there were fifty thousand marches in the parade. I don't know if there actually will be fifty thousand marches in the parade, but it's not going to be that much short of it. Uh, That's once you great. get over thirty-five, you know, who 40, starts? 50, who keeps counting? Uh, exactly. Deal. But since it's the fiftieth anniversary, why don't we just say that they're going to be fifty thousand marches? In the parade? Sounds good to me. That certainly <laughs> sounds good to me. Well, the Wallachs will be there in full representation. We bring our team of eight very, very oh, proudly. Yeah, exactly. We um we we make a dent. We make a dent. <laughs> Um, it's very exciting. But, Michael, I, I really appreciate you so much for coming on and taking the time and stepping out of your out of your schedule. And call a kavod to everyone at the JCRC, and my thanks to Peter Coleman, everyone who makes this happen, and uh, for, again, including us in this wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, thank you, Miriam. Thank you for having this conversation. Uh, we have almost a family connection. You got it. So, um, you know, just being on the phone with you means a lot, and I so much look forward to seeing you on the avenue uh, just a couple of days from now. You got it. Just a, a couple. On a beautiful of... day, Baruch Hashem. By the way, I don't know how you planned that. That was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty good because uh, the weather's been of, iffy. A lot of prayers, a lot of tefillot. Well, it's certainly, <laughs> certainly, the prayers were answered. Michael Miller, thank you so much. All right, take care, Miriam. Take care. You've been listening to that live here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and my fourth and final guest is a friend here of the network and somebody I really, I really consider to be a personal friend. C. Landsbaum of Soul Farm joins me on the phone. Soul Farm is the house band for the parade this year. They were last here as well. Good morning, C. Good morning, and you are a best friend. Thank you so Aww. much. Yeah, can I, t- I mean, you and I could have a, you know, a mutually exciting and great conversation about just how much we appreciate each other and each other's work and friendship, etc. But um, yes. for, for, for so many reasons, we're going to save that for another time. But tell me <laughs> how exciting it is for Soul Farm to be able to come back this year and uh, again be the house band for the Celebrate Israel Parade. Well, first of all, it's, it's a huge honor to be asked Every year, you know, 
in this business, things are always changing, and that they ask us every year to do this. It's it's a wonderful thing, and I don't take it for granted for a second, and we love being part of uh, the whole connection to Israel. Who's joining you that morning besides Noah Solomon? It's going to be our drummer, Ben Antelis, our bass player, Mitch Friedman. We hope to have um, a, a dear friend who plays with everyone, and I mean really everyone around the world, from Coldplay to Phil, Phillips on down. His name is Dave Agar. He's a great cello player. And uh, we hope to have our percussionist, Chuck Palmer, who is uh, also uh, another world-renowned musician. And you never know who's going to show up. <laughs> that is that is always the case with the parade, isn't it? That is always yes. the case with the parade. So what's the set list look like? Well, the first thing um, on that list is a song that uh, I was privileged to write with some good friends, Vivit Swirsky from Moshav Band and Aron Eldor, another uh, Israeli musician, uh, called Walk With Me, which we specifically, Peter Coleman asked us, asked me actually to write a song, um, and we wrote it, and it's called Walk With Me, and it's connection to celebrate Israel. And we are actually going to be closing out the show today um, in about, you know, a little less than 10 minutes with that song for for that exact reason. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal, first of all, it's a phenomenal song, and as a person who's listened to it both on her iPod and live, uh, it has a tremendous amount of energy. So what follows Walk With Me? Okay, the next thing that comes to my mind is definitely one of our classics that people love, which is Unwind. Right, sure. So definitely being doing that. Um, there is another song that I'm thinking about. Then the rest is, is pretty much improvised. Mm. We, I know I want to, I kind of usually kind of put songs in my head and say, okay, this would be a good song to do. So on that list, it's definitely Am Yisrael Chai, which is uh, Soma Kalbach, which I had the privilege um, of playing with him many times. He would always close off his shows with that song, and Beautiful. it just has, obviously, the perfect meaning, and that was who Shlomo was, Am Yisrael Chai. Right. And uh, so I'm going to try to put that in there somewhere. And then um, there's a song I actually wrote for another legend, Pete Seeger, it's called Who Knows. Hmm. And so I'm thinking about doing that. Um, and at this point, at we'll this figure po- out. At this point, <laughs> we'll, right, we'll get the rest of it when we, when we hear you on Sunday. You know, something actually that, see, that you and I have talked about is the, the difference, the skill set about um, between playing indoors um, on a stage versus playing in a, in a studio when you're recording and now playing outdoors for a very live and very intimate audience as you are literally on Fifth Avenue. How, how does that differ? Uh, um, well, you know, I've been playing all my life, so the first thing that happens is you say to yourself, wow, they just cleared Fifth Avenue to put us up. Play. Right. <laughs> and it's like, when does that happen? You know, right. it's like, it's, it's like a great feeling. And then just because of all the energy and you, you're watching all the different people parade by, it's just an incredible thing. And then just to be able to play, do what we do, that's, that's what it feels like. It's, it's kind of like a natural thing at that point of just, let's just play music and, and go with the energy. And it's, kind of comes out. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, as, as uh, somebody who is across the street from you on, on Sunday, your energy really 
um, sets the tone for everything else that goes on. I mean, obviously, we have the flags, and we have the kids, and we have the brightly colored shirts, and we have the families, and everyone there is there for the same reason. But then you add the element of music. And you and I, I mean, we don't have to, it goes without saying that when you bring music into something, it adds a whole different dimension. And then to have people who are playing music, who besides that you're as talented as you are, and you're as humble as you are, you also have a love from, of Israel that is so palpable through your music that it really brings everything in that section of Fifth Avenue to a whole different, different level. Um, yes, um, music is an amazing thing. Um, one second. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing notes. I'm writing notes. <laughs> to make sure that you... They don't realize I'm on the radio. But, um... <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Hello to everyone who's with C at this present moment. Um, um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of music, obviously. We all are. Right. And it's just an incredible... I don't quite understand what music does to me. Like, I went to a concert last night, Bill Lesh and Friends. It was, like, out in the summer stage. And it's just uh, it's just a wonderful thing that we have in our life is music. And it's who knows where it comes from, but I'm so thankful that it, it, come, it came down to me to be able to play it and to be able to enjoy it. Well, it certainly is a gift that God gave to you and to Noah and, and as always, um, I look forward to hearing you on Sunday. It is such a pleasure to be there while you guys are playing live. And um, call a kavod to you for all of your great work. You are a Grammy Award winner. And to be honest, your you, your humility is, is such that as a person who has been in the studio, I didn't even see it. It was, it was one of the first <laughs> things. It was the, one of the first things that I noticed. I'm like, man, he doesn't even put it out for everyone to see. <laughs> see, you're a great person. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, and thank you for all you're doing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'll see you Sunday. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I do not want to forget, because sometimes I do, that when we do, ah, Rummy thought I was going to forget the fortune cookie. Sometimes when I don't do the fortune cookie at the beginning, even though it makes my boss happy when I don't, I forget to do it at the end, so I'm doing it now, and it says, the truth is always bearable when told with compassion. That is true. That is true. Like when, you know, we can go through a whole bunch of different reasons why that is true. And um, the national holidays, by the way, Avrami, you should just know that today is the put a pillow on your fridge day. Yes, it is. There's actually a national holiday called put a pillow on your fridge day. I have so no idea what it's really about. It's supposed to be about good luck, but uh, we got no pillows and I decided not to bring one in despite despite the holy occasion. It's also Learn About Composting Day. Not sure. All right, you're into that one. That's fine. And it's International Day of UN Peacekeepers, which, uh, frankly, I think is oxymoronic. Anyway, you've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup very quickly. I'm sure Avrami's going to pull up the song uh, as I'm going through the lineup and going through everything because we are short on time, and I do want to end timely. Full afternoon of programming right after That's Life. The live lunch with Nachum Siegel starts at 11 o'clock. We start with brunch, we end with lunch. And today at 1 p.m., the stunt show hosted by Mark Zomick, where Mark is doing an oldies show. It is inspired by the fact that his eldest child has graduated from college and that makes him feel ancient. So many comments, so little time. Then starting at 2 p.m., it's Throwback Thursdays, encoring Jamie and am from years past, which is always a lot of fun. 
Homeward Bound with Yigal Seagull Encores at 4.30. I listened to the show this week. It was tremendous. It really, really was. I highly recommend it. If you have not heard it, you do it then. Buy the book, hosted by Nahum Encores at 5 p.m. Michael Fragan's spin class at 6 p.m. A lot of parade talk, a lot of Aguda uh, dinner conference talk. There's so much going on right now in New York politics. You do not want to miss that. Charlie Bernhout wraps it up at 7 p.m. That is our lineup. Tune in all day long. Join Nachum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9. As he hosts JM and AM live here on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, JM and AM.org. And of course, table for two tomorrow morning, not, uh, 9 a.m. Naomi is cooking for Shavuos. Don't miss it. And of course, that's life is off next week for Shavuot. Chag Sameach to all. An updated 2014 schedule is on our website. If you have not downloaded our app, please do so. You can find it in the App Store. You can find it for for Android users as well. And for the three of you in my family who are still using Blackberries, I have no idea what to tell you. With that, I leave you with Soul Farms. Walk with me. That is the song that they wrote for the Celebrate Israel Day Parade a few years ago. Don't forget to listen live from 11 to 2 this Sunday. Our coverage is going to be tremendous. And if you're not going to be there, don't miss a minute. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Let me fall into your arms At the end of the day And get lost on your ancient pathways A moment of quiet And now I'm